The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Dynamic Healing with two experts in chronic pain, David Hanscom and Les Aria. This podcast will show you how to unlock your body's ability to heal. Just breathe and learn how to rewire your brain and break free from chronic pain. Welcome to Dynamic Healing Podcast. I'm Les. And I'm David. And we're here today to talk to you about the destructive power of the fear of missing out, or otherwise was commonly known as FOMO. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ari, by the way, has a very unique solution towards the end of this, which he ambushed me with this morning. I'm still I'm still reeling from this, Dr. Arya. Yes, yes. So this uh, will really back into uh, grounding yourself here. So, folks, today we're going to talk about FOMO, which is F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. It's really a common pattern of thinking in modern times, believe it or not. Why, in the face of so much prosperity, is it so prevalent in the U.S. or even around the world? Understanding that this manifestation of your unconscious, self-critical voice and that it's so irrational is the first step towards successfully dealing with it. And what we're going to talk to you about is let's kind of take a look at it, what it is, and uh, and maybe even how to really address it. David? Well, I have FOMO. And people are going to go, well, why do you have FOMO? You have a nice life. You have a nice wife. You have a, you know, life is good. And it is. So and why nice, and a nice friend, David? <laughs> God. So I it's fascinating because I some of the people that are the most incredibly accomplished, successful, wealthy people I know that not that you have to be wealthy, but they they have it too. So you again, I do listen to Dr. Arya. He is my um, unofficial guru. And he made a comment the other day, which I hope to pass on to you today, that actually made a big difference for me. It was very helpful, Dr. Arya. So thank you for that. Um, but let me read you a quote. This is by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who's a very famous um, Russian writer. And this quote has always been one that has been one of the anchor points for me for a long time. It's a little bit of a long quote. <clears throat> and here we go. What about the main thing in life? All its riddles? If you want, I will spell it out for you right now. Do not pursue what is illusionary, pro- property and position. All that is gained at the expense of your nerves, decade after decade, and is confiscated in one fell night. Live with a steady superiority over life. Don't be afraid of misfortune and do not yearn after happiness. It is, after all, the same. The bitter doesn't last forever and the sweet never fills a cup to overflowing. It is enough 
if you don't freeze in the cold, and if thirst and hunger don't claw at your insides. If your back isn't broken, if your feet can walk, if both arms can bend, if both eyes see, and if both ears hear, then whom should you envy and why? Our envy of others devour, devour, I'm sorry, our envy of others devours us most of all. Rub your eyes and purify your heart and prize above all those who love you and wish you well. Do not hurt them or scold them and never part from them in anger. After all, you simply do not know it might be your last act before your arrest. And that is how you'll be imprinted on their memory. So I think that's a very profound comment. And he's coming from the perspective of the Gulag Archipelago. I never pronounced that right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is a Russian concentration camp. And he survived. It became one of the most famous prolific writers in the world. And I just think that quote says a lot. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's basically saying is to be aware of not getting caught up with a lot of stuff that's internal. Right. So the nature of the problem is, and this is what Dr. Arya did share with me, and I actually did listen, nice is that job, this, what's that? It's a nice job, David. <laughs> oh, you mean actually listening? Maybe I'll stop. I, I think I'm listening too much this morning. Um. So the problem is what Dr. Arya pointed out very succinctly, it's just a behavioral, mental, obsessive thought pattern. And it's part of the unconscious brain that is not subject to rational control. And we all know people pursue wealth, pro prosperity, accomplishments, experiences obsessively to somehow quell the self-critical voice. What Dr. Arya has taught me in addition to that, so his point was, it's simply a behavioral thought pattern, obsessive thought pattern. And it's not rational. It's also not subject to rational control. You are not going to outrun it. You are not going to solve it. But by understanding that this is part of what's called self-critical voices, it's a self-critical voice, then you actually can separate from it, deal with it, and actually live your life in a much different way. So Dr. Arya now is going to discuss self-critical voices. Yeah. So David, I think that's a really important thing. So FOMO, or fear of missing out, is actually the way we're proposing it is a self-critical voice. And if you actually dig a little deeper, is that whenever we get anxious, we want to know more. We become incessant and almost what we would say obsessive. Another word for that would be preoccupied, where I've got to know, I've got to know, I've got to know. And what happens is we spend hours and hours on social media, reading books, doing things. Now to relate this to um, the work that David and I do is with chronic uh, people with chronic pain, uh, many of my patients tend to want to know the next skill. What's the next thing I need to do? And what happens is this. They're so inundated with so much information and so many different skills that they're truly not practicing. It's almost like FOMO leaves you paralyzed in this present life and you don't get to enjoy it. But the self-critical voice is a form of FOMO. And so we can just call it the anxious voice within us. Think about the last time where you incessantly searched something, you had a thought, and then you incessantly searched on what I call Dr. Google, right, Google, and you're typing away onto the next article and the next article, and you're reading this and you're reading that, and you're buying this book and buying that book. Do you notice how my voice was just a few seconds ago, how rapid it was? That's what's happening inside of you when you have FOMO. It's almost like the little hamster in your brain is running around in a circle. Faster, faster, faster. 
And at some point, you feel very despondent. You feel despair and even dejected. And some of my patients feel depressed. So FOMO is really dangerous. It's almost an addiction, I would say, David. We said something that caught my attention. Um, Dr. Lustig gave us a lecture last week. He wrote a book called Metabolical. He's a very smart neuroendocrinologist who puts together diet and neuroscience in a way. And he's pointed out that in modern times, that what is that lifespan in the United States is actually dropping down and it's from diseases of despair. And which was shocking, he showed data that amongst teenagers that car accidents have always been a big problem, but actually suicide is actually a greater killer than car accidents in teenagers. And we're having these diseases of despair. And the problem is we have this anxious brain and these self-critical voices come from the unconscious brain. It was, Les has pointed out to me earlier that they're, they're trying to protect you, but they're not yes. rational, right? Right. And why, why would this self-critical voice, how do you, how do you explain this thing is torturing me or these voices are torturing me with this being one of them? How, how do you tell me, how can you tell me that's trying to protect me? It's, it's not really, it's not really helping my day. It's not helping the day. Yeah. It isn't many of my, including myself. Now I, I get that, that framework of thinking this about the self-critical voice being a source of um, helpfulness, uh, protection. I get that framework from the evidence-based treatment called IFS, Internal Family Systems. Now, that was created by a fellow named Dick Schwartz, Richard Schwartz, who created Internal Family Systems. Now, he created this way of, a it's a therapy style, and I, and I use it in pain recovery work to help my patients be able to step out of those uh, very, very punishing thoughts and emotions and physical sensations by doing this. The self-critical voice is actually old, old memories that have trapped in our brain. Think about this. Now, in psychology, as psychologists love to say, is that sometimes that's called a self-sabotaging behavior. Well, if you think about what is a self-sabotaging behavior, that's, that's when we actually seem to do the same things over and over again and uh, expect a different outcome, right? That's insanity. Right. But in that sense, the self-critical voice is helpful because it's just in service of protecting you so you can live another day. But the self-critical voice from the psyche or the mind is really trying to do this. It's trying to say, hey, dad, or hey, mom, think of it as a little child that has so much memory and experience and it's trapped in the timeline. I'll give you an example. Um, one of the things is my self-critical voice is basically it says that if you don't do this, bad things are going to happen. Now, I do not know where I picked up that message when I was growing up, but whenever I don't do something I'm supposed to, I have this fear that shows up in my body. And then it gets worse and worse as I keep listening to that inner voice. And when I paused one day as I was doing this work uh, with Dick Schwartz, this uh, internal family systems, I realized that it's just trying to stop me from making the same mistake. So David, what happens here is self-critical voices are meant to actually protect us so we don't have to keep repeating that mistake. So when we hear a negative thought, when we hear, you know, Google search this again, get that book, that fear, that anxiety that comes up, that is actually trying to say is there's almost a memory that's trapped. I'm, I'm telling you this, if people would just take a step back and do some of this work, and be quiet within, you'll be able to realize and even ask this question, let's go, let's, let's have some fun with this. If anyone has FOMO or has this anxiousness inside of you, find it in your body, 
Then the second thing you want to do is basically ask that body where you're feeling that sensation, that critical voice. So take that critical voice, find it in your body, step two. And step three, ask this one question. What are you protecting me from? So when you ask that question, make sure you're grounded, you're, you're feeling your breath. Take three to five breaths, feel your breath. It's like a healthy parent asking a child who's freaking out on the inside of you. And if you spend some time just listening for that response, you'll be very surprised. And you can even ask that part of you that's so anxious to show you an image and you will actually get it. It'll have a memory. You know, it's interesting when you're looking at it because, I mean, the human body, is, the, the human organism is meant to help you survive. It's not exactly designed to give you a good time. That's not <laughs> right. And so we have consciousness and you go, well, yeah, it keeps me from crossing the street in front of a car and running from danger, et cetera. But see, we have language that we also need to be protected from because emotional pain and physical pain are processed in similar circuits in the brain. So we don't like to feel unpleasant feelings. And so, like you said, what hit me is that you said, when you were a kid, if you didn't do this, this is going to happen. Well, the voice is protecting from the consequences of doing something that you quote, shouldn't do. So one key to this whole process though with FOMO is another way of saying, I'm not good enough. In other words, I, I, I'm this, but I need this. So to reverse, isn't it a sort of a reverse way of saying I'm not good enough? It is, and that's exactly, you nailed it, David. So many of us know this is what David just said, is the not good enough stories actually come from a deep and deep sense of, you know what, there's something wrong with me. And people with FOMO often believe there's something wrong with them. And that's why they incessantly searching for that sense of comfort, soothing, safety, love, connection. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's an interesting phenomenon. So that's that little comment you made that these are irrational patterns. And we know we watch people that have everything, superstars, people that own major businesses, major politicians, they have everything. And what struck me is that I happened to go to the Elvis Presley Museum in Memphis years ago. And he, I always thought maybe he had an abusive family or something. You know, he ended up dying on drugs and had his own issues. God, he had family, he had home, he had friends, he had success, but you can't, you cannot outrun this voice. That's what really struck me as you just yes. think about this, a very simple behavioral pattern. And the unconscious brain is several hundred thousand times stronger than the conscious brain. Some people say a million times stronger. And so you're not going to run it with rational means. <clears throat> no life experience is going to take care of this voice. 
And so it's a voice from the anxiety part of your brain that's trying to protect you. So remember, anxiety is a gift. Is if we if you didn't have anxiety, none of, none of this would be alive. The species, the species of creatures that didn't pay attention to these danger signals didn't survive because anxiety just says danger. I mean, it's right. Yep. Anxiety is a danger signal. So it's intended to be very unpleasant and again, not subject to rational control. And before we go into more to the solutions, um, I'm just curious why you think it's more prevalent now than it was. I mean, I didn't have a great childhood, but for somehow I didn't have FOMO. It seems like a relatively modern phenomenon in the last 15 years. Why do you think it's so prevalent now? The reason why we're talking about this in the context of the holidays is because we have a new year coming up. We make these resolutions that this year is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And that's actually another trap too, right? Yep, absolutely. What, why, why do we, let's address that. Um, so why do we have this? Why is it more prevalent now? Much like from breast cancer to other things, it's always been around, but now because of the education and people are more aware. So in, um, awareness is higher. Um, people are talking more about it. So that's one reason why there's a greater sense of prevalence. But besides that, reality is this, is FOMO has been around. We just, it's just coined, a term that was just coined. It's basically another way of saying as an anxious brain or anxious mind. Okay. And if you, and, and that's, and that's what, that's the reality is. So the question you beg is, and which is a great question is why now, why is it more? Why is it so, why are people on their phones incessantly? I happen to be driving by Bart, uh, David coming to see you one of those afternoons. And I was trying to take a picture, of course, that don't do that. As I was zipping by on highway 24 and I saw everyone waiting in line, looking down at their phones. It was you, you, when you were stuck in traffic. Yes, I was stuck in traffic. You were driving seventy miles an hour. Oh no, that's uh, thanks for correcting <laughs> on that one. <laughs> It'd be at seventy-five, but uh, okay. right. So yeah, I was amazed. And so the reason that simplicity here is this: during greater times of uncertainty, when you don't know where the bottom is going to fall out, such as the COVID and other issues with the vaccines and things and the chaos in our country, all this uncertainty and also financial issues, real estate issues. I mean, all of this is in such turmoil that impacts you and penetrates your nervous system and your nervous system says, me no safe. And in that sense, it tends to make a search like what can I do to become? And this is when this informal can be an addiction of incessantly looking and searching and wanting more and the reality is this is ground yourself. And Dave and I will talk a little bit more about some solutions, but during uncertainty, this is why FOMO becomes magnified. So the solutions, there's many of them. We just want to outline a couple of concepts to get you started. And both the work that Les and I do are designed to basically calm down your body's physiology, calm down your heightened state, calm down your mind. And it does go both ways. When you have these thoughts of missing out, it fires up your physiology or your nervous system. You're inflamed, your energy levels are consumed faster, and it goes the other direction because the physiology also drives the thoughts. It goes back and forth. So the approach we're going to outline really briefly is the first step is education, which we did a little bit of that this morning. The second one is really critical of gratitude, which is much different than positive thinking. If something's bad, it's bad. You don't have to enjoy it otherwise, but it's gratitude for what you have. And go back to Solzhenitsyn's quote. I mean, he's saying, look, if you can walk, you have a shelter over your head. If you have food on your table, enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't, and my, my other mentor called it the horizon analogy. 
You're always going through something on the horizon. Of course, there's nothing there. There's no horizon. There's no endpoint to the horizon. So gratitude is a nurtured, trained trait is to simply connect with what is right in front of you. Um, I'm grateful I can talk to Dr. Arya this morning. I actually am. <laughs> I'm be kind of, a little bit serious here. <laughs> but, but you cannot run your mind. It's the horizon metaphor. You can't get there. There's no place to go. Yeah. So you just drop it. You just let it. You just watch it. You can't fix it. You can't solve it, right? right. But as you just watch it and then nurture gratitude, remember there's two parts of healing. There's ways of negating these circuits. Then healing actually occurs as you move forward to what you want. And gratitude is a very definite learned skill. It's the opposite of envy. Yeah. It's the opposite of FOMO. And again, you're not going to solve FOMO, but you can nurture gratitude, which eventually crowds the FOMO off the plate. It doesn't crowd it off completely, of course. But just understand this behavioral pattern program nature of it, I think to me is a big step. Yeah. David, I think that's great. And I'm wondering right now as listeners would do this and uh, they may think this might be hokey, hopefully you don't. But David, do you mind if we just show them how to do gratitude? Let me show you how I teach gratitude. Uh, David, uh, you're gonna be my guinea pig as always. Um, so <laughs> right. work with me, man. This is not, new, right. this is not new news. <clears throat> David, um, and this is for everyone. As I'm instructing David, I'd like you to just do it with me. Um, and I'll tell you, this is what I do in the morning and sometimes in the evening with consistency here. With David, place your hands on your over your heart. So, folks, uh, oh, there's a pro- there's a problem here, Les. Was that surgeons don't have a heart? Oh, it's all right, David. Since you're the Tin Man, we'll get you a heart. Don't worry, pick it up. I'll, I'll put I'll, I'll put my hand where I was taught in medical school where my heart's supposed to be. Oh, good Lord, it's getting worse already. <laughs> All right, folks. Now, David and everyone, go ahead, and, as, uh, go ahead and close your eyes. Feel your hand on your heart. And just take three simple breaths. Nothing fancy. Just feel that in-breath. And then that sinking, melting, letting go, releasing breath. Just give me two more. Just feel that sensation and flow of the breath. And just one more for good old college try. Connect with that physical sensation of the breath and then feel that sinking, melting, letting go, releasing breath. Now, with the other hand, I want you to go ahead and make a fist, a gentle fist with your left hand. Now, when you think of something grateful, I want you to open up one finger like your thumb. Now, as you think of something grateful, I'm going to give you an example. One of the things I'm very grateful is I can breathe easy. I don't have an oxygen mask over me. I don't have throat cancer. So I think of when I'm, my, my thumb moves out, that's the first thing I'm grateful for is to be able to breathe real easy. So I'm going to be quiet here for a few seconds. So David, you think about, and this is also for the audience, think about one thing that you just, something small that you can really be grateful for and pop that finger out, that thumb. And that is your count of the first thing that you're grateful for. And once you've identified what you're grateful for quietly in your head, do not make this an intellectual exercise. Now find it in your body. And if not, place your attention, your mind's eye on your heart where your hand is and seal it there. Just feel the sensation of that warmth, that airiness. And then let's do one more is think of something else you're grateful for, perhaps the warmth around the house right now. And if that's something that's important to you or whatever it is you're grateful for, Pop that index finger up. So now you've got two things you're grateful for. And before we come out of this, take a simple breath in, 
pause, and then breathe out. All done. So that is a simple way to practice gratitude as you have one hand on your heart. And you can go through this and do anywhere from one to five. And you always want to make this a feeling exercise, not a thinking exercise in gratitude. David? Well, you just brought up an important point. The essence of solving chronic mental or physical pain, they're both the same thing. We've talked about this before, is actually connecting thoughts with physical sensations. Yep. So you can't outrun your thoughts, but as you connect your consciousness with different sensations that are different, that's how you start reprogramming your brain in, in a big way. So I think we're going to stop there as far as the concept. So let's, um, I mean, we have, there's dozens of tools to actually help solve this problem, which you can't do. Again, I think we both want to emphasize, you can't do this with positive thinking. Yes. Gratitude is actually a different energy. So it's more of a three-dimensional process. You connect your body, your sensations. Yeah. And for me, just one final metaphor is retirement. So I can spend a lot of time saying, I'm not in the trenches. I'm not the big gun spine surgeon. I'm missing my team, this, this, and this. And I've had to go through this with my retirement and actually enjoying what I do have has truly been a learned skill, which I'm getting there. I'm not there yet, but I'm much farther than along. I had to take it as a learned skill to enjoy my retirement. So instead of realizing I'm not 20 years old anymore in the trenches going out at a thousand miles an hour, which I love to do, that's gone. Can't go back. So now I get to practice gratitude for what I do have. And I, th I think this is a great exercise. So there's lots of solutions that if you look at both Dr. Ari's work and my work, really give you lots of different angles to approach this. But in summary, basically, I'm going to give my summary. Then Dr. Ari, I'm going to let you finish off with this other phrase that I'll, I'll, I'll let you reveal to the world, which ambushed me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my summary. And um, it's not nearly, as, not nearly as interesting as Dr. Arya's summary, but anyway, basically live the life you have with connection and purpose instead of constantly pursuing the life that you think you need to be happier. Get happy first, and then the life you want will emerge. It is a learned and cultivated skill. Wow. I mean, that really is summary. And as we close out this program, we really are um, grateful that you folks are joining us and hope that you will continue it's one of the things David and I talked about this is something called JOMO, J-O-M-O. -O. That's the antidote, so to speak, and what we just practiced here. So what is JOMO? It's an acronym for Joy of Missing Out. And it describes basically a pleasure from taking a break from everything that's been spinning you, people, places, and things. And that includes social media. And when you can actually take personal time just to do and be with yourself, you'll find out that you'll find joy in that moment. Jomo, that's the message of the day. I, I, no, it is very interesting. I mean, my wife and I have been trying this to take Saturdays off of social media completely. We did a pretty good job yesterday. Um, yes, I already came over to my house. We had some lunch. We had a great time. Um, I killed him in ping pong, but yes. I, I feel good about that. <laughs> but no, I had, we had fun. And so... I, we didn't have social media. We we tried it. We really worked hard on not looking at social media. It's just as one thing. And it's just that's not the only solution, obviously. But I think there's a very excellent phrase, Jomo. I have not heard that before, and I think that's a great way to finish our podcast. So, Dr. Arya, thank you very much. Informative as always for me. Thank you, everyone, and we wish everyone a great day. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. 
Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.